I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have Miss Susie Schwartz on the show. Susie is a badass in the world of fashion and meditation. Uh, super fascinating story. She opened the first drop-in meditation studio in the world called Unplug Meditation. Um, I've had the opportunity to attend many a class there and just recently taught a workshop there, actually. It's called Moving Meditation with uh, me. Uh, so really great stuff. Super amazing place. Highly recommend if you guys ever have an opportunity to uh, make it out to LA to drop in for some meditation there. Um, she has a robust history in the fashion industry. Uh, she was, let's see here, I got a little, a little write-up here. She's been on all the shows. She's been on Oprah, early show, CBS, Good Morning America. Uh, New York Times referred to her as the fairy godmother for her uh, makeover abilities. She was executive fashion editor at Glamour Magazine. She's legit. Uh, done a lot of amazing things and then turned inward towards this med meditative path. So really great stuff. In this conversation, we get into all sorts of interesting stuff in relation to how sound affects our physiology, uh, the effects and benefits of meditation in general crystals and all the stuff that makes uh, certain people feel a little uncomfortable, we got into it. So I hope you guys enjoy. Here's a little clip. If you have an idea, don't think about it. Just like do it and go in and be, if you're passionate about something, you're going to become a magnet. Thank you so much for tuning in to the website, aligntherapy.com. If you were drawn to that URL, you can start the five-day movement challenge. On there, you will learn the fundamentals of how to integrate better movement into everything that you're doing. Every moment can become an opportunity if you have the proper education. Um, thank you so much for reviews on iTunes. Greatly appreciated. And thank you to BioOptimizers for supporting this podcast. BioOptimizers is a radical uh, enzyme slash probiotic supplement that I take on a regular basis. It's got every enzyme and probiotic and all the good bacteria you could possibly think of. Um, and you guys can get yourselves 15% off of your purchase. Jump on to p3om.com slash align to grab 15% off of that purchase. p3om.com slash align. Um, I'm recording this episode a week early or this intro week early because I I am leaving for 10 days. I'll be out of the world at uh, a 10 day Vipassana. So that's uh, you're sitting, meditating in silence for 10 days. Um, so when I get back, I'm sure I'll have, you know, something to talk about in relation to that, ironically. And um, I'll share that on Instagram at Align Podcast or at Align Band. Um, wish me luck. It's kind of cool that we're putting this conversation out at the same time. I'm literally leaving here just in about 12 hours. So going to into the silence. So hopefully that works out really great. If you guys have any support or any kind of like ideas, if you guys have done that yourself, um, I'd be very interested to hear about that. Maybe we could talk about that on the Align Tribe Facebook group. All right, here we go. Back to the show with Miss Susie Schwartz. Pow. Align Podcast. All right, we nailed it. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for creating this beautiful painting that we're in. Thank you. It's a creative vision of yours. It's a, it's a blank canvas. It's a, it's a blank canvas. Yeah. All right. I could see that. The painting is the people. Yeah. Huh? So every person comes to it with their own story. Everybody's different. Mm. Everybody has their own experience in the room. Even though one teacher's teaching one thing, every single person walks out of that class having a different experience. It's pretty cool. How's this place formed, shifted, shaped you over the last three, four years, four years, almost four years? Uh, what is it? I mean, I honestly feel like nothing's a problem, even though I have problems all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, Hey, we got this. We're cool. Nothing's a problem. Um, so yeah, it's really calmed me down with my parenting, with my, you know, being a boss and helping people grow, being a leader, um, with dealing with teachers and dealing with people. And I just feel like I'm really centered and calm and in the moment. Mm. And I don't see anything as a problem. I might see some things as challenging, but before it used to be like, <gasps> I was kind of waking up and doing my to-do list and I wasn't enjoying every moment. Mm. And now I'm kind of like savoring every second. Have you ever dealt with any like anxiety attacks or depression or any stuff like that? I've never you know? had depression. I've been, was born happy. I'm very lucky <laughs> that way. <laughs> um, but, and I wouldn't call it anxiety, but I was, I race through my life. Like I'm a speedy Gonzalez and I might be like, Oh my gosh, we're going to be late. Being late is something that kind of makes me anxious. Um, or used to, it doesn't really anymore. Hmm. What's, can you break down a little bit of, uh, just like, like what kind of meditation practices are you actively leveraging in your own days? Do you have like one specific thing that you do or is it, what kind of, what's a meditation look like for you? Well, for me, it's like a salad mm. and I love to have a different kind of salad every single day. So for instance, this morning I did the unplug meditation app, which is, is the new app that's coming out. We have one app that's on there now, but the new one, you can do silent meditations to sound. So I did that. And then I took a class at the 815 this morning with Amy Sandler, which was excellent. And she did a body scan and then I just was so relaxed. Um, and then I'll probably do multiple breathing techniques throughout the day, but I, so, and that will be today. And then probably tonight I'll play with crystals and maybe do a little sound therapy. What do you do with the crystals? I hold them. I do all different things. Like I'll hold them and I'll ask my crystal questions or I will put them on my face or my throat or my whatever chakra I feel like. And I'll lay there and I'll just be silent. Um, or I'll play my bowl three times and then I'll hold my crystal and I'll just be silent. Do you have any sense of, uh, for folks that may have more of a skeptical perspective on things like crystals and bowls and things of that nature, do you have any description that might appease people in those Yes, worlds? I mean, I was definitely one of those people. Yeah. So when I, before, when I opened up Unplug, I'm like, okay, we're not going to have crystals. We're not going to have Buddhas. <laughs> right. We're not going to have incense. I don't want any of those things in here. And slowly, I mean, I don't know if you saw our crystal collection. It's but it's yeah. And the reason why that happened was because I met this woman. Her name was Jana Genova, and she was teaching here. And it was the very beginning, so none of the classes were getting a lot of heat. And I said to her, you know, what are you passionate about? And she said, you know, truthfully, I'm passionate about crystals. 
And I said, okay, well, I don't really want to teach a crystal class, but you know what? Let's try it. Let's try this crystal class. So she taught this class and 40 people showed up. And this was like in the very beginning when we first opened up Unplug and I thought, oh my gosh, it's our most popular class now. Let's keep doing this crystal thing. And then she sat with me and explained to me what crystals were and how they worked. Mm. Now, this is what I know for a fact. They could either work or they could be the placebo effect, but it doesn't really matter because when you go in the class and you come out, you feel like a different person afterwards. So the way to appease people would be like, that is just such crap is crystals have a measurable frequency. That is why they use them in quartz watches because they're very steady and you can measure time with them. That is why they use rubies and lasers because they've got a steady frequency. So they do have this. So what, crystal healers believe is when you put certain crystals on top of certain organs, because our all of our organs organs have frequencies too that are going at different levels. So sometimes, you know, when you're art you feel off, right? Do you ever feel like it's some I feel off? Yeah, absolutely. So they believe if you put these crystals with steady frequencies on top of your organs, that you will steady the frequencies of your organs, that they will sink. It's almost like you're tuning them. Like a guitar. Hmm. A similar thing happens when you, if say you bring one phenomenal musician into a group of people that are not so not so great with playing the drums, mm -hmm. if you allow that that one really great musician just to start kind of creating the beat and setting the rhythm, then everyone else is kind of like, oh, we start to attune to that that literally like that literal frequency of the individual. Right. You know, I think a similar thing. S sound is a big one as well in relation to just for the sake of that analogy. Oh yeah. So mantras and oming and all these things that it's like well, i'm not gonna ohm i'll do everything but oming <laughs> <laughs> well the sound bowl actually it's interesting because i went to mit to go visit the broad science center there it, they share the science lab with the mit and harvard and they have these robots and they're separating the dna and you know how they do that with sound, sound vibration same way bees yeah. do that with pollen actually right they, whatever hurts it's always the same thing and that it's just the perfect hurts to cause the pollen to fall yes, off the flower exactly so that affects your dna sound affects your dna <laughs> and i consider the sound bowl to almost be like a massage in your body it relaxes everything inside i love sound mm. that's why we have it on the schedule Every single day, and sometimes twice a day. There was a, uh, there's like a, it was a, there's a museum, a science museum. I got this. I have a book called Wheels Wheels of Life. Have you heard mm -hmm. of that one? Anna no. Day and Judith. She's another one that's been on on here. And uh, one of the examples that she has in there <coughs> is there's a at this science museum who I don't I don't think it exists anymore. There's this exhibit where they have different steel rings, mm -hmm. and so they have different sizes. So it's one steel, and then a bigger one, and then a bigger one, and then a bigger one. And then you can play different frequencies of sound that will cause each individual ring to start to sing and resonate. Wow. It's pretty cool. I'll send you that. Oh, will you send me the link videos. on yeah, that? We, I so, need to see that. So we'll have to put YouTube, uh, we'll put the video in the YouTube show notes or in the show notes okay. of the YouTube video. People can check that out. But it's kind of an interesting thing when you look at like each organ has its own density, its own resonance, its own energetic attunement that you can kind of get it to start to sing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this is, there's some, there's some real science yeah, there. It's there not is just science there. new age fluffy BS. Right. 
Do you use mantras and sound and such? You other know, than sound I was bowls? I was trained, um, you know, to took Vedic meditation, and I have my own mantra. But that you talk not, about it? Is it a secret? Is oh, it like TM? Like it is a secret, okay. and it's like TM. <laughs> okay. It's in fact, it's exactly like TM. That's why they always are like having conflicts with each other. Yeah. Um, but that's not what resonates the most with me. I really prefer to just kind of experience my breath. Mm. Like, like I just have to deep breathe deeply and then I'm there. Mm. And so upon you doing that, I can feel like my whole nervous system start to <laughs> chill the freak out. I'm all hopped up on uh-huh. kombucha and coca leaves. Right. Um, which that's <laughs> a separate, a separate conversation. But yeah, the whole idea of, of the attuning thing I think is just so valuable. How do people, what's like a starting point? For folks. Um, wait, and you know, you just said something that I find so interesting, actually, is that my breathing slowly that made you feel calmer is something that I think is important for everybody to know because the way we act in life has a rippling effect mm-hmm. with the way everyone else acts around us. Like you just said, the musician who goes into a group of average musicians and elevates the whole group. It's the same thing with our own ripple, which is why I think meditation is so important because it helps you be aware of your ripple. Mm. So when we don't meditate, we're kind of not aware of ourselves. You know, we're going through life in our to-do list and we're not thinking about like the damage we're causing (laughs) along the way. Right. Right. But when we meditate, we stop, we slow it down. We're self-aware and then we can choose how we want our ripple to be in the world. Mm. There was, that's reminded me of something. And I had the, you know, how do people start, but whatever. The, uh, there's a thing, there's a, a guy called Charles Duhigg, book called Power of Habits. I don't know if you're familiar with that guy. Yes. Yeah. You're with the circle put, on the, I think we sold the sound it thing there. closer to the, okay, to the face and say, oh, no, don't be sorry. Um, I don't like that. Now, sorry is so ubiquitous in our culture. Oh, yeah. That's just like the go-to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> not, to, yeah. not to yell at you for saying sorry. Right. But isn't that interesting how we have these, these programs set mm-hmm. in ourselves where it's just like, oh, I just moved my little sound news all over like half. And I, I'm sorry. Right. You know, it's like we have all of this unconscious programming. Right. And it's uh, the Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habits book. He he talks about something like 45% of our daily decisions and quotations are all just habituations. Right. And so we're always moving through the world just through this this filter of the past. And so so something like a meditation acts as a really nice moment to kind of just step back and just realize you have a freaking filter in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know? And you can be present for the now, Mm. which is the most important time. Mm. How the heck do we pull the filter back? What's the steps? It's very easy. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I wrote that book, Unplug, A Simple Guide to Meditation for Busy Skeptics yeah. and Modern Soul Seekers, because so many people said to me, how do I meditate? Or what kind of meditation should I do? Meditation should I do? And so we wanted to create this book that would be very, very simple. So I kind of broke it down in a way that I thought was easy. It's two steps. One, you pick a point of focus. So with meditation, you can focus on your breath. You can focus on a word like a mantra, which means uh, ma means mind and tra means instrument. Or you could focus on a flower or something that you're smelling or sense. So let's just say we focus on our breath for step one. You experience your breath in and out. You slow it down. And then you let it slip away. So you're in this place of now. 
I'm here, it's now, I'm not focusing on my breath and I'm not thinking. And then a thought pops up. And the second you notice your thinking and you're no longer focusing on your breath or living in the now, then you bring it back like a bicep curl for the brain to step one. Breathe, 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 let it go. Mind wanders, bring it back. Breathe, 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 let it go. Mind wanders, bring it back. And the more you do that, the more you literally build your prefrontal cortex, which is where executive decision-making is, focus, compassion, and you shrink your amygdala and stress. This literally gets smaller. And if you look at our science page on the Unplugged Meditation website, you'll see the Sarah Lazar Harvard Neurologist TED Talk, where she shows the before and after brain scans of people who have never meditated before and are 50 years old and older. And after eight weeks, you see the change in their brain. Mm. It's pretty incredible. So this practice really does so much. And all you really need to do is like just be present and breathe. Mm. There was another, <clears throat> I was looking, so I'm, I'm writing a chapter in a book right now about meditation. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm going into all these different studies. And it seems like Harvard does a freak ton of studies on meditation. Mm -hmm. seems like most of the ones that I saw. But one of the ones that I, I saw in there was uh, doing compassion knit meditation versus doing, um, oh, whatever, mindfulness meditation, I think was the two that they, they, right. they examined with it. Did an eight-week thing with that. And what they found was the people that actually did the compassionate meditation um, became more compassionate when they were looking at images of, of terrible things happening to people. And the people that did the mindfulness meditation felt more neutral for the whole thing. Oh, wow. So you can kind of choose how you kind of form this bonsai tree that is your consciousness. Wow. You know, so by dropping into that compassion meditation, you mm -hmm. end up actually developing more compassion for yourself and those around you. And then that's tied to um, reducing effects of depression and things like that. So as we cultivate compassion for other people, it ends up making us feel better at the same time. Have you had any awareness of how you're tuning your own meditations at all? Or is it usually just... What do you mean by that? So... Just in the in reference to that that study, where they're so saying what am I cultivating? Yeah, yeah. Is so that something you think about? I guess for yeah, for me, I like to cultivate joy. Mm. Like I like to live at a ten. If we think about our joy meter being ten, being the ultimate, feel good, joyful, feeling happy, I like to get myself to a ten every day. And I feel like this morning I woke up. I'm like, oh, I'm a ten. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I felt great and I still do. And I think it's because I'm able to shift my brain and focus on the things that gives me joy. But there'll be like emails that'll come in and I'll read them and I'll be like, oh, yeah. and they'll spike all the negativity. And then I'm able to pause that and redirect my brain to bring me back to a 10. Mm. You are a, a uh, makeover guru. Yeah, Still are. I can make over my own brain. Guru, always a makeover guru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long was it? That was that was most of your life, huh? Um, this is like this, the meditation thing is a it's a new transition ish. Were you meditating for years and years before that? No. This is but something like bitch you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I was I was a fashion editor, yeah. and I started in fashion when I was in college. Actually, I worked for a fashion designer in Paris called Patrick Kelly, and he was amazing. I was his assistant, and then I went to Vogue, Elle, Marie Claire, and. The fashion makeover part came when I was actually at Glamour magazine and we were doing bathing suit makeovers and we would fit 
hundreds of women large breasts to make them look that their breasts were smaller, large rear to make their rears look smaller, you know, people to make them look like the rears were larger. <laughs> you know, like we came up with all these bathing suits that actually did things for people's bodies, but then they would want to shoot them on mannequins. And I thought, you can't, it doesn't look as good. You should show the before and after. And they're like, okay, let's try it. So when I tried that, um, Oprah Winfrey's show, she saw it. They loved it. They wanted me to go on Oprah. So I went on Oprah and I did a makeover there. New York Times saw that. New York Times came and did a story calling me the fairy godmother of makeovers. Mm. And basically, the second the photographer took a picture of me, they said, you know your life will change after I take this picture and you're going to be in the Times. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So she took the picture and then for the next 14 years, Pretty much every day I did makeovers. Mm. <laughs> so she was right. I mean, that story led to me doing makeover on every single national television show and um, and glamour for 14 and a half years. How do you get yourself to the point of... But now I need a makeover, to be honest with you. <laughs> now I'm like over... Yeah, you reckon? What fashion. does a makeover look like? Oh, well... What's I, like, where does like, the, where are like the, uh, takeaway tips for a person... Like, where does person, a person start with a makeover? You have to need a makeover to get a makeover. I always say that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, usually makeovers are when you find someone who's just like not care, taking care of themselves or wearing clothes that are, don't work for their body type. And then you basically put them in cute outfits that make them look 10 times better, cut their hair, have it styled. I mean, we had like the top hairstylist, top makeup artists, and they were doing this for television and for the magazine. And then these people would walk out and they look like supermodels mm. and you would have probably never even noticed them before. So it was fun for the people who did it and it was fun for the magazine and it was fun for me too, for a long time. And then my husband wanted to move to LA and that's really what brought me to Los Angeles is when I moved here with our three kids, I was traveling back and forth a lot and I was stressed because I felt uncomfortable leaving my kids in LA when I was going to New York and my mother-in-law is like, you really need to meditate. And I'm like, what's that? And then she taught me how to meditate in three minutes. I'm like, that was awesome. I want to do that every day. Mm. And I wanted to learn more about it. And at the time, it was like 2012. There was no place to go. It wasn't like now where, you know. Oh, there are a lot of them out there now. Well, it's funny. We launched this. I still this think of just unplugged. Unplugged. Like, oh, <laughs> Thanks. Unplugged Meditation is the world's first drop-in meditation studio. Cool. This concept came because I was like, why can't there be a dry bar where you just kind of walk in? Dry bar is a blowout bar. You walk in 30 minutes later, your hair is blown out, and you feel great. And I wanted the same thing for meditation. You You're walk in. consciousness. Yeah, I want to blow out my <laughs> consciousness and feel good. I just wanted to feel good. And I wanted to walk in, feel great, leave. And I have to talk to people if I didn't want to talk to people if I did, but know that the teachers were good and the place would be spotless. And so that's how this place was created. I'm curious with the, with the makeover thing. I promise not to harp only okay, on that, okay. but I think that's so interesting. So like with you, so when I walk around the world, I see people move in funny ways. I'm like, oh my God, if we just did that. When you <laughs> yeah. walk in the world, you probably see people from like a style makeover, that type of thing. Well, I, I really do not. Oh, sure. um, and I'll tell you something. <laughs> Even when I was doing it, I only saw really bad hair or really great hair. Like anything in the in between, I don't really see. And it's kind of like you see a great outfit or you see a terrible outfit, but you just don't see average. Like it doesn't, it's not on my radar. Right. Um, and that was then, I mean, now to be honest with you, I don't even see bad or good anymore. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking, I'm 
And that's what's so beautiful about this business is I always say the greatest gift that I've gotten from owning a meditation studio is being exposed to people that I probably would have never hung out with. And there's so many amazing people that I would have judged, like the guy who walked in here who had tattoos from his ankle to his neck. And I probably would have never hung out with a guy like that. And I would have probably judged him. And he probably would have judged me. And it turns out he's maybe my favorite customer that I've ever met. He's been an incredible feeder. He's the most incredible person. He has this like product that's called the strong board that he sells online. That's like a legendary product. He's one of the world's greatest trainers. What is a strong board? It's this like balancing board that, you know, it's like a wall makes board. your thighs like tight. All right. And he's just, well, he's, we support that here at the he, podcast. <laughs> he's awesome. Strong board. Strong board. Yeah. yeah. Mike Curry. We love him. Um, so anyway, so, so he was one of my very first customers and from after meeting him, it just opened my mind up to just be more open and to not miss all these jewels, all these amazing human beings. Yeah. I, I love people. I love people. Like that's my biggest problem as a business owner is I honestly just want to hang out with the customers and the teachers. And like my favorite part is just hanging out with people and just talking to them. That's probably maybe a (laughs) a short term challenge and a long term strength, I would imagine. I don't know, because I mean, I should be doing all these deals, but I honestly would just rather hang out in the lobby and be like, hey, you know, like it's so much fun. But that's what creates the sustainability of a thing. I think oftentimes we get so focused on like making the big deal now, (laughs) you know, but it's like, oh, it's like, no, Susie's always been solid and there and friendly and kind. And I feel like sometimes we can we can miss the importance of those things that maybe people don't see as much and just go for the big things. But then it's like if. You know, things that grow slowly oftentimes I think end up being the most sustainable. Yeah. I wonder with the moment of getting in front of the camera and having the, this picture is going to change your whole life. What's the lead up to that? Because I think a lot of times people, you know, we want to just have that with the New York Times thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How does one guide themselves to the point where they're in front of the, whatever the moment, whatever the metaphor for Mm -hmm. that individual is? I think sometimes we're like, oh, we just, I just need that. I need to get in front of the camera and have the thing. Right. And we've missed like the 99% of everything that brings you to that point. Right. Is there any kind of codifiable journey, any tips or something to get, get one there? Yeah. I mean, I would say if you have an idea, don't think about it. Mm. Just like do it and go in and be, if you're passionate about something, you're going to become a magnet. You know, I, people always say, who does your press here? And I'm like, me. And my strategy is like, <laughs> I just say yes to everything. Um, there's no press. There's no strategy. Like, it's literally like you call me and you say, I want to do a podcast. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. Yeah. And now people are going to hear this and they're going to say, oh, my gosh, wait, I could do that too. Yeah. You can, by the way, if you're listening. Um, because you can actually do anything. The best advice I've ever received was you learn as you go. I mean, look at me. I launched the world's first drop-in meditation studio. I have legendary teachers teaching here. The classes are packed. Do I know anything about business? No. (laughs) I mean, I suck at business. I'll be honest with you. Like, bad. And I don't want to look at the numbers. I only look at them if we're losing money. And fortunately, I haven't had to look at them for a while. Um, I don't get into, like, the details of the things I don't enjoy. What I enjoy is, like, the creativity. and, And I get into what I like to do. And now... I'm slowly starting to outsource the things I don't like to do. 
Right. Um, but my advice to people is I see so many people with these like amazing ideas and they want to do all these great things, but they just like think too much about it. They weigh their options. Should I or shouldn't I? Nah. And then someone else does the idea and they're like, oh my God, I had that idea six years ago. Has yeah. that ever happened to you? Cookie crisps. <laughs> that was my idea when I was like six. <laughs> I swear to God. I'd, put, I'd break up cookies and put them in milk. I'm like, I'm a genius. And I was like, oh, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't was six years old. That was a legendary series. By the way, that was a big miss. So see, you could have been like a billionaire been, right yeah. now. Yeah. I would have done the um, stupid podcast thing, you know, <laughs> cookie crisps. So everybody has one of those things, um, including me. I have one of those things. But what is one of those things? Like the thing that you should have. You, what was it? Like mine was, was the white shirt company. I wanted to open up the white shirt company. It was just going to be white shirts, and every you walk in and every white shirt and every style that you need, mm-hmm. and everybody wears white shirts. And by the way, it would have never gone out of style because it, everybody still wears white shirts. Yeah, right. I didn't do it. Um, I, I still believe though that it would have been successful. But what I'm saying is like everybody has their thing <laughs> and that they pass. Yeah, there is. I'm doing this now. Yeah. Um, but tr- say when you have the idea and everybody says, oh, you know, it's never going to work or just stupid. It wouldn't everybody have done this before if it was an, if it was viable? I say, don't listen to people. Just go with your gut. Trust your instincts and do what about uh, morning routine, nighttime routine, anything like that? Do you, do you add meditation to those time frames? Yeah. I wake up and meditate every day. Okay. Whether, but I do it in a different kind of way than most people. I wake up and then I just lay, stay in my bed and I lay down for 10 minutes. I don't move. And then once I'm up, I'm like experiencing my breath. I set my intentions for the day and then I get up. And then usually right before I come to the office in my car, I will play one video from the Unplugged Meditation app. Oh, cool. Because I feel like when I meditate before I go into the office, people are rippling when I'm rippling. So it's so important to set your ripple in the morning. I just um, cannot emphasize that enough. Then... um, yeah, and then I just like run around. I have like three people that work here that I'm working with all the time. And we're just constantly creating and, and springboarding ideas. And it's so much fun. And we do so many things. And it's such a small team. But we just do everything we fantasize about. And, and then we're like, oh, my God, how are we going to finish all these things? And then we just execute. It's awesome. Mm. Probably yeah. more awesome for me than it is for them. Because yeah. <laughs> one is, I always say, she really gets very detailed on everything. Wanted to take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Organifi, for supporting the show. Organifi is a rad company. I utilize their superfood blends on a daily basis. Um, holding in my hands the green juice right now, filled with all the green powders your little heart could desire, from uh, wheatgrass to spirulina to chlorella to matcha. Really excellent stuff. Highly recommend checking them out. They also do protein blends that are vegan, as far as I can see. So the protein they're using in here is pea protein, quinoa protein, and pumpkin seed protein. Everything's organic. Everything's delicious. Highly recommend checking them out. So go Organifi, O-R-G-A. NIFI.com and utilize the align code for 20% off. Organifi.com align code, A L I G N, 20% off. Get that stuff. Thank you guys so much for tuning in back to the show. Pow. 
Yeah, I've been reading about. We we got to wrap up soon. Um, I want to see what time what time we got here. We got a little bit left. Um, I've been reading Joe Dispenza's recent book. You are the placebo, and he gets he just gets into how our thoughts. If you have the clarity of the thought, then you can create that that can manifest into a reality. But oftentimes we don't have that that clarity of thought to get us to the point of actually creating a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wonder in you like this is just this is an expression of your creativity here. This mm-hmm. is your imagination. Here we are. We're inside of it. Yeah. You know, is there any kind of coaching that you would give for someone to clarify their their vision? Or is that something crazy? Well, I would for sure say to sit in silence and ask yourself, what makes me happy? And then look at, like, your Google history. <laughs> What are you Googling? Hopefully it's not just all porn. <laughs> Maybe well, you should. Look, hey, need you know, to get a camera. That's an, that's an industry. Um, but you look into your Google history and you see what you're interested in. Hmm. That's not what you're actually doing. Like it could be styled stock photography. Do you even know what that is? That's a great that's a great hack, by the way. <laughs> I'll give you guys I don't know if you have business owners listening. <laughs> yes, we um, but I have do. some great hacks that I've learned. Style stock photography is one of my all time favorites. And what it is is there are all these people who style like pictures for you to use on Instagram. So it could be, you know, a this gorgeous photo with a blank piece of paper and you can just write your own thing on it. Mm. It's pretty amazing. Um, so there are a lot of different businesses. I think it also sitting down with somebody and saying, this is what I love to do. I don't know what I want to do. And just kind of having a conversation. What do you think I should do? I wonder if you said that to someone who is like your closest friend, what their response would be. Yeah. And I think you, they would say, well, you always love to do this, this, oh my God, you should do this. And they could be like, wow, that's a great idea. Yeah. So I think a lot of ideas happen like that. I think sitting and talking with real people, turning off your devices, unplug, and connect with human beings and have real conversations that are not interrupted, and you will find your thing. Hmm. So what knocks you off balance these days? Um, when people say no. Oh. What does that mean? I hate that. What does that mean? People, <laughs> what does that mean? When they say no, and I know it's going to be a yes ultimately, and then I just like, or negativity. When people are negative, that knocks me off balance. Mm-hmm. And I really don't appreciate that. When they're like, oh, this isn't going to work out, and this isn't going to work out, and I say to myself, I know it's going to work out because everything I do works out because I figure out a way to make it work out. But having that negativity near me, I do, that throws off my balance. So I, you know, you might call it shallow, but I try not to surround myself with darkness. Hmm. So when I meet people who are just like negative or bringing me down, I'm like, I don't really need that. Yeah, I get that. I clip that. That's good. And I can. I get that more and more than ever. Recently, I, I always I have the tendency of saying like in the last year I've been feeling this this way. I don't times like blurry, but I think it's been the last year I've right. been feeling more uh, sensitive. I guess you could say to being around people who cognitively, emotionally, their their just perspective, the way that they think, doesn't really align with the way that I want to think. Right. 
and I'll get close to it and it'll like, it'll like, <laughs> right. it'll like make my brain turn a little bit. Right. Do you get that? Um, well, I try not to get close to it. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like I might not go down the dark rabbit hole with someone unless it's like a family member and I must. Yeah. I probably, I just don't, I, if I disagree with some. I don't know. It's hard for me to explain. When people are really negative, it throws me off balance and I don't appreciate it. But then there's also a balance to being open to the terrible, horrible things of the world and being, you know, a, a oh, support I'm, for Oh, that. no, 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 no. I'm not saying about like tragedies and things like that. I'm saying self-inflicted negativity. People who are complaining because, you know the way that they design their $4 million home, the windows not looking in the right direction. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like things like that, that to me don't are a waste of my energy. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas suffering in the world is serious and I'm interested. What about, what about clearing yourself after you get stirred up by some bullshit? So if someone stirs you up because whatever it is, it makes you feel uncomfortable and it's like, yes. wow, I'm all, I'm all, twisted up right right now how do we come back from that i uh, breathe Mm. because when you slow what happens is when something triggers you you know basically your breath gets shorter and the stress hormones go throughout your body so what i do is i slow down my breath with which actually tricks your brain to responding in a way that everything's okay and when you slow down your brain, you calm yourself down. So it's like the most incredible self-soother. Hmm. Yeah. As, as, so I, f- I feel like I do similar things where I have resistance around certain, specifically people. And then part of me at the same time wants to have, uh, I guess, compassion for everyone. Right. But I guess with that, it doesn't mean that they need to be like in your cabinet. They don't need to be like right like in your pocket. Right. But maintaining that balance between... You know, I, I, what I see oftentimes in this, in the spiritual communities right. is us kind of like cloaking ourselves or protecting ourselves or putting ourselves inside this little area and almost creating its own right. segregation or separation, mm-hmm. you know, whereas probably like the highest expression of consciousness or whatever would be love of all of the bullshit. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. (laughs) And and I have to say, like, when I'm listening to you speak, I'm thinking, I do love all the bullshit, (laughs) to be honest. Like, I love, like, my clients, and they have a lot of bullshit sometimes, and I love all of them, and I just, I don't ever try to protect myself. I don't feel other people's energy like that. So I'm not in that situation. Like I know a lot of the teachers are like, I, sometimes I need to protect myself. Yeah. I don't want to protect myself. Like I want to be with them. I want to connect with people. I want to connect with people on a deeper level. But what I don't want is to have unnecessary negati- negativity. That's kind of how I would like to put that, mm. is when I believe that someone's negativity is coming from a place of jealousy are coming from a place of feeling inferior. Like to me, that's ha- that's the harder thing to deal with. But real problems of like loss of love, loss of life, suffering, you know, just even not feeling good and not understanding why I'm interested in those things. And I'm not protecting myself in that way because yeah. I really don't want to. Like I, I'm here because I want to connect with people. 
Mar- Martini, who was here recently, and then also on this on this podcast, um, yeah. John D. Martini. Uh, Did you meet him here that night? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. What did you for, think? Thanks for crying. He's great. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's he really, was a really he's, interesting guy, he's right? He's an interesting fellow. Yeah. yeah, so I quite he enjoyed He said some it. really smart... He goes in there. I was like wowed <laughs> by some of the things he said, but like I, they stuck. But so one of the things that he mentioned to somebody else, a guy who's like a psychotherapist, and he was talking about kind of similar things of like, I don't... Uh, things that are negative. He was kind of attached to, to an incidence or a thing being a negative thing. And John's like, no, 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 no. It's all, it's all perfect. You know, it's kind of like, talking about like hermetic stressors. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's not something that's stressful then it's not actually building us. Right. You know, so I think sometimes you mentioned jealousy and inferiority as being something that specifically kind of like triggers you, which is another mm-hmm. triggering word probably to some yeah. people. Um, <laughs> is that something that you've experienced in your own go that that's something that ends up popping out? for you with noticing other people um does that sense? what does that I mean like that am i well. feeling that for myself <clears throat> yeah is that are those familiar sensations in your own no go in this body? i don't really feel i don't feel jealous i never feel jealous i feel happy for the people that have what they have i don't i don't feel that feeling that's just not in my dna yeah. um my issues probably would be more like i want to do so much and i don't have the time or the capacity to do all the things I want to do. And that's where my brain goes. So I, my frustration would probably be more with like my brain has so many ideas, but I can't actually accomplish all of them. And I want to, Mm. and that's where my angst is. I'm not looking to my right or to my left. Like I'm not, I've never been, I'm kind of drive straight. (laughs) you know so I'm different in that way and I know that's abnormal probably um and I actually drive that way my mother taught me how to drive my grandma taught me that and I'm from Manhattan so like (laughs) if you look to the right or to the left you're for sure gonna crash so when you look straight like that was the only way to drive in New York City and my mom taught me that and my husband thinks that's the worst way to ever teach anyone how to drive that was my grandma's advice when I was like 15 she's just like stay in the lane don't do anything just go straight no funny business once you're in your lane stick there I'm like I'm gonna drive like a grandma yeah so well cool how so people can come down here and get their meditation on and work it out yeah I mean I my goal was just like figure out a way to touch everyone with meditation. This is my intention in this life. Um, that was my download. A lot of people say like, how did this idea come? I honestly felt it was a download and I'm embarrassed to say that because you know, people are like, Oh God, another one of those. Um, (laughs) yeah, I was downloaded. Um, but I don't know. I think a couple of us were downloaded (laughs) around the same time. And, um, I really do want to help people, do this because I feel like meditation changes every single life that it touches. And if you commit to it, even just five minutes a day, it will significantly alter your life. So Mm. you can either do it through the unplugged book. You can do it through the unplugged app, or you can actually come into our physical studios. And today we had the great news that we're going to be opening up, um, the West Hollywood location on the 23rd of March, which I'm psyched about. Um, so yeah. Have you ever heard of Rupert Sheldrake and Morphic Resonance? No. Okay. Well, so... Morphic Resonance. Morphic Resonance. What is that? Uh, Essentially, it's kind of like we're all floating around in this energetic soup, and we can feel each other from across the room or across the country or, 
you know, we're, we're kind of, we're sharing consciousness in a sense. And so some of the stuff he gets into with that is like dogs know when their owners are coming home mm-hmm. quite often. Some dogs probably are kind of a little less, less open to this thing. Um, but quite often, a very high percentage of the time, even if you're coming home at like three and you normally come home at five, your dog will get a little hit. And it's like, oh, oh, oh cool. So he's coming back. You know, and there's various different things. There's like they do like phone call, they do all sorts of different studies. Look up Rupert Sheldrake Morphic Resonance. Okay. But one of the things he gets into there with that is uh, this idea that ideas aren't yours, but they're floating in the soup. I believe that. And if you get blessed with <laughs> one of those and it pops in here, it's like, well, you better freaking do something with it. Right. You got a blessing. <laughs> I have to say, I completely agree with that. Um, because I really do feel that way with this idea and it was a blessing and also a curse because I literally could not do anything once it came into my brain. I was Mm. like, I have to get this done. Like it became an obsession, a mission. I dropped everything in my life to do it and I let something slip that probably weren't smart to do, but I had to do it. And I do believe what you said to be true. I think that it's kind of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember they all... Have you ever seen that movie? No, I'm terrible with movies. It is uh, it's one of the greatest movies with Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss. And it's basically <laughs> these aliens come down and they beam down this idea of this mountain to all these different people. And some people are sketching them, you know, on pieces of paper. Some people are taking mashed potatoes and turning it into this mountain. And Richard Dreyfuss takes his house and he literally dumps all this clay and creates this monster sculpture. And they become so obsessed. They have to find this mountain. And when they finally do, the aliens are there and they're playing the song. It's Steven Spielberg. It's like legend. Blazing Saddles is another one. Someone's making fun of Ruslan. I've seen Blazing Saddles. That's classic. Too. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, you're, you know. I got a lot of, I got a lot you're, of things How old are you? 30. Okay. So, yeah. Little guy. I'm like yeah, you're barely yeah. pubescent. You're from that moment of where <laughs> people don't really learn. You know, you have whoa, whoa, whoa. not really learn, but like you have not <laughs> lear- grown up with television. You're like oh, more on the television. internet. Oh, come on. I mean, I didn't have internet until, uh, I guess like, I don't know, 15, When did you get your iPhone? So. Oh, long time. I had the, a shitty phone when I was not, I moved to Hawaii when I was 18 mm-hmm. and that was all still flip phone time frame. Oh. I was still pressing the oh, buttons. Okay. Yeah. So I, had a, I had a pager at oh, one point. In okay. This okay. So yeah. interesting. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was like 12 or 13 with a pager, but nonetheless, like right. I missed some of those, those experiences. Yeah. I had something I was excited about saying, but now it's going because I started talking about pages. <laughs> How do people learn more about your stuff? How do people come down here and learn? And um, Thank you for asking that. So yeah, unplug.com. Can we remember that? Unplug.com. Because <laughs> I spent a lot of money on that URL. Um, so unplug.com. And you can learn all about the internet. I mean, the app, the studios and the book and even just like scroll through the teachers and see all their stories. Sweet. And you got a book. The The book is called Unplugged. It's called Unplug, a simple guide to meditation for busy skeptics and modern soul seekers. And that came out with Random House. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you. and people can come down in July. This will definitely air before that. I'm going to teach a moving meditation workshop. Yes. July 8th. Which my birthday is July 7th. Oh, that's so exciting. people can bring... I don't know. I like crystals as well. You can bring me crystals and candles and some <laughs> new age shit like that. It'd be great. Yeah. Bring a lot of bring that wacky stuff. I'm interested to see what that is. Cause you're always kind of in position. <laughs> now you're a dancer yeah. and what have you danced in? 
Mm. Well, so I've I've more I just do freestyle stuff. So I've studied ballet. Uh-huh. I've been in a couple couple ballets, but nothing serious. Nothing uh-huh. no like real real business. I've studied some hip hop stuff. I've done some capoeira. Um, I'm just I'm like a connoisseur. I'm just curious. So I'm down to go into most movement related situations mm-hmm. and just uh, be a beginner. Right. And I've been doing that for the last several years now. Are you working as a professional dancer? No. Oh, Thanks okay. for thinking that, though. Yeah, I really thought you were because of the way that you're like constantly. <laughs> you seem like you should. Oh, good. I've been paid small amounts before to dance. I did burlesque dancing for a while. I was oh, a professional really? burlesque dancer. You're actually. kidding me. I swear to, swear to God. Where? Here? No, this is Oregon. Oh. This is all small town <laughs> stuff. People okay. were, yeah, and the women had mustaches. It was, it's a different, it's that a, it's is a different. so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, cool. Thank you so much for the time. Thank and you. And people, July 8th, I think is the time if people want to come out. Um, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. All right. Bam. Thank you. Ciao. Okay. Recording over. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. There's some ways that you can support this podcast, one of which you can pick up an Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band. comes along with a door anchor and a carrying case and a video guide on how to mobilize those joints and integrate that body of yours. Really great stuff. You can be found at AlignTherapy.com and also on Amazon.com. Um, thank you also so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right hand sidebar of the podcast page bookmark that thing anytime you purchase some crap on amazon purchase that crap through that link we get percentage of it costs you nothing and i think that's enough thank you guys so much for reviews on itunes thank you for listening thank you for supporting have a beautiful rest of your day Pow.